we, we might want to say a, a lot of the stuff that we think is influencing our kids, it might be at a, at a surface level, mm-hmm. but they're, they're probably also just entertaining our mm-hmm. kids. And maybe, maybe there's a difference, mm-hmm. especially if you use the, the definition that I use. Um, but here's how I would, I would answer the question. I'm the, I'm the, the, I'm the stereotypical <laughs> old white guy that can't even clap to a, to a hillbilly song. Oh, my goodness. Can we start over with a – can somebody count me in? Uh, 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 okay. The kazoo's making a comeback. The kazoo. You're really into yeah. it, though, Kurt. I you, was. You gave your whole effort. It's an A for effort. A for effort. I'll tell you what. I I always try. You always try. I, you know I, what? I, I, it's not for lack of effort. <laughs> Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our On Purpose Parents podcast. Grace Yoon. Hello, everybody. Kurt and our good friend, the Pro- wise producer, Chris. <laughs> now, also, board also known board as bending. Breakwater, Chris. Breakwater, Chris. Did you, you did you Google this? Did you Google another surfing term for Kurt? <laughs> Break- oh, you did? What in the world? <laughs> He has a whole Break Google list. Water is now that's so, a thing, right? Driftwood. We'll, we'll get to Driftwood, that. Driftwood, Chris. Get to, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. How many of these words do you recognize, first Kurt? First of all, first of all, people who did not watch last episode. Yes, going, last last episode, episode, Chris threw in board bender, thinking that was. <laughs> He's now throwing in breakwater and driftwood. Yes, driftwood. Well, I mean, yeah. breakwater is a real thing. It's not. A, it's, it has nothing to do with surfing. <laughs> and driftwood is a real thing. There's, I mean, there's <laughs> drift. Have to do with I went surfing this morning, and there was driftwood everywhere, <laughs> but I, we didn't really make note of it. And it certainly didn't. Not part of your it, nickname. It didn't, and it did not enhance the surfing one way or the other. Um, but it was there. I feel so, like. After the, <laughs> these two episodes, I feel like you two do need to go on a surfing date together no, and see what happens. No, no, <laughs> no Kurt keeps no, saying no. No, I, I, that's not fair. I would, I would happily take Chris surfing. Surfing. It's just that he doesn't really want to go. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 True story. He, he, last, talk, he talks a big la- breakwater game, but he doesn't really want to. Last time I surfed oh, was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I had lost a lot of weight. Yes, you, look you know, good. before well, I went you, out. You, you still look good, by the thank, way. Thank yeah. you. My my ring was loose, oh, so yeah. I lost my wedding ring. Oh, I, I came I, back oh. in and it was gone. I lost my wedding ring surfing also. What? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Is that a thing? Well, I mean, <laughs> if, you're we- just, if your wedding ring's not super tight, it, can it just, gets wet, and it, yeah, I mean, just slips off. Yeah. Wow. It, well, let me let me. You you lost yours. Yeah. I'm a I'm a fidgeter. You fidgeted it off. So I took I took it off. Oh, okay. And I was playing with it in the in the ocean for some. While reason. you were surfing. Uh, yes. While I was waiting, sitting on my board, waiting, and I took my ring off and I was looking at it. <laughs> oh, and I, boop, boop, I, I fumbled and you it. Saw, oh, I fum- no. Yeah, I fumbled it. So it's different than you experience. Grace, one of the things we surfers say is the, <laughs> the ocean takes what it wants. What it wants. The ocean takes the what ocean it wants. It's gonna give it back what, like Moana. See, again, again, that's very that, that's very true. <laughs> I've just never heard the phrase. Well, I'm glad to get the information from you surfers. <laughs> it's also true that you should change your oil every 4,000 miles. But that has nothing to do with surfing. Oh, my goodness. All right. What? Wow. We're sorry, everybody. Hey, we are jumping in. Today's just a one-hit wonder, yes. a one-off topic based on a question 
that we received that felt like it warranted its own episode mm-hmm. as opposed to being lo- lumped in with last episode's Q and A. Yes. So Chris, we'll we'll just jump right into it because we. Yeah, have killed way too much time. <laughs> we, we've surfed yeah, we, the time too much. <laughs> how can I be a bigger influence than influencers? Oh mm. gosh, that's so good. a bigger influence yeah. in my child's life than, than influencers. influencers are. Yeah, okay, that's a very that's modern a, question. That is questions parents did not ask fifteen years ago. Right, because fifteen years ago, if you said, "How can I be a bigger influence than influencers?" it would just be, "What do you What do you mean?" Yeah. But now you say influencers, everyone knows right. who has the. <clears throat> 50 million subscribers yes. who has the likes yes. there's the did you see this on tiktok right. and did you follow the latest trend yep. and it's booming as a like an economy like people yeah. are doing that as a job people to, make a living mm-hmm, yeah well, and before we jump into it yeah there's always been influencers it's, it's a it's a it's a new word Yes. And Instagram and tiktok and those have made it a different platform right but when I was a kid there were still teen idols and mm. celebrities and athletes and people that we looked up to. And mm-hmm. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, um, Charles Barkley, the famous basketball player, made a famous quote that he got lit up for. Oh, yeah? And he said, hey, mom and dad, I'm not a role model. Because he was under all this pressure oh. to behave a certain way and act a certain way because he's an influence. That wasn't the right. word back then. Yes. But he stuck up for himself and said, I'm not a role model. You're, you're a role model. Like, don't, don't put it on me. And so influencers have always been around. They've yes. always been around. It's just maybe a little bit heightened now. It's a little bit more of a thing. It's coined it's more in our vernacular. Yeah. yeah. No, so, that's a really great point in that the question of how can parents be a greater influencer than influencers of any time season, there will always be people out there influencing your children. Right. And how can you be more influential than those people? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right. So we're going to jump right in. So um, I have a few thoughts. My first one is actually not a practical tip for what parents can do with their children. I have a couple of my other points are along that line, but this one is more speaking to the parents about how they view themselves. And my tip here would be to live your best life and to pursue your dreams. Mm. And what I mean by that is a lot of times parents, I think maybe especially with parents of younger kids, and then you just kind of fall into that habit is you live for the kids because early on they take up so much of your time. And really that is a, it's not an easy Fix where you, as a young parent of young kids, feel like I have no time for myself. I barely have time to take a shower. Like I have no hobbies anymore. I have no dreams. My dream is to survive. And I, for that season, I think that's okay. Right. But the the danger is is that as your kids get older and as you start to have a little bit more autonomy, as your kids gain in independence, it's easy for parents to just stay stuck in that. Uh, you know, rut or that habit of only living for your kids Mm. and not having any personal hobbies, not pursuing your own things, and then starting to feel guilty if you do. Like if you kind of have something else of an interest that's not kid-oriented, then you're like, oh, I'm not being a good mom. I'm not being a good dad. But when you think about it, like people who are influential are people like, let's say these influencers on YouTube or Instagram, they are showing their passion. 
they're enticing to your kids because they're excited about something and they're displaying it, you know, and they spend a lot of time on their craft and how to message it. And, and so there is something about seeing people be passionate about something that sticks with people. Mm. And I remember even as a kid, I mean, it could be something small. I mean, we're not talking about like these grand dreams that you have to sacrifice everything for. Not that like, I, I'll just give a couple small examples. Like I remember my mom one time was like, I love this song, this song called Life Song, and she kept playing it on loop. And she's like, I love this song. It's like so good. And she's like, I feel so inspired by it. And it just made me like every time I hear that song, I think about my mom. And I remember around that time, I paid attention to that song more. She influenced me in that small way to be like, oh, what's up with this song? Like, what's going on? Like, why is she so happy? What are what's with these lyrics? I paid more attention to that. It's a very small example. Um, Another example is we were at an Airbnb with my parents. I think it might have been middle school, high school. And in the morning, my dad wakes us all up. Um, or not Airbnb, it was a bed and breakfast. Um, they didn't have Airbnbs back then. And he calls us into this room and he's like super excited. And we were by the, the beachfront and he had gone out in the morning and collected all of these rocks and then he named them and he had laid them out (laughs) on the floor of our, uh, bed and breakfast. And he was like, look, this one is the galaxy. Cause it's like, you know, all these dots. And my mom was like, you are going to take those rocks back to the beach right now. It's like, why are all these rocks in our room? You know? So she was just like, Oh, bother. But I remember as a kid (laughs) actually thinking, Oh, you know, like it it was a small thought. And I solidified that in my adulthood is like, you know, when I get older and when I'm an adult, I still want to be someone who has this wonder for Mm. life. Someone who looks at a rock and says, This is so cool. You know, like I still want to retain that. I remember thinking that as a kid. He influenced you. Yes. By being excited about his own stuff. His own stuff. And again, like that's what I mean is I'm, I'm not saying like, like ditch your kids and pursue your like some sort of dream that makes you not available for your kids. It doesn't have to be these kind of, because that's the other extreme. I think people are concerned that that, when you say live your best life, pursue your dreams, some parents might take that as um, ignoring your, exactly, ignoring your kids or your responsibility. But it is important, I think, in this question of how to be a bigger influencer than the influencers is you you have permission, not that you need my permission or our permission, but as a human being, you have permission to dream dreams. And you have permission to pursue your passions. And actually, that will make you a better parent. Yeah. And that will increase your influence yeah. with your kids. That's good. That's good. That's it. That's, that's oh, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's my first point. Okay, so that was my first point towards um, the parents. And then my other point, I'll just jump right into it, is my first thought that's more what parents can do with their kids is personally meet their needs for likes and follows. Mm. And I think a lot of what is enticing about influencers these days is there is something very easy for kids to grasp that they can see visually that meets a longing that they have to be wanted and to be desired. Because I believe every child deep in their heart, and I think every human being, is always asking the question, who am I? Am I important? Am I wanted? Am I loved? Am I valued? And influencers in this modern age, you can kind of see a, like a, a, 
a affirmation of that right. in the very tangible way. Like, whoa, this person has so many likes, so many positive comments, so many followers. It's almost this um, substitute for the longing that they have of like, wow, if only I am like this person, maybe I can also get the same kind of accolades this person mm. has. And that will meet this inner need that I have, this hunger that I have to be a worthy person, to be wanted, to be valued, to be told I am loved, right? And, and they may not consciously be making that link, but that's there. And so I think one of the questions, if we're thinking as parents, how to be an influencer is asking ourselves, are we meeting that need? Because we are in a position as parents to best meet that need. The influencers, they can't give the kids love back. You know, they, they can only like entice them with their own, but it's a one way street. Right. As parents, we have this gift that God has given us to directly speak into their lives and answer that, that, that question that they're longing for. Who am I? We can answer that. You are a child of God. Mm. You know, am I loved? You are loved yes. no matter what. We right. can verbally, physically give them that gift and answer that question for them and repeat it and show them and affirm them whether or not they show it. Um, so I just read this story online. It's from a book. I didn't read the book. It's, I think it says the book is finding freedom through the intoxicating joy of irresistible grace. It's a long, that's the title. Yeah. <laughs> that's catchy. That's catchy. Yeah, I know. Um, but As, by the way, by the way, I, I, as a guy who has written a bunch of books that nobody reads, <laughs> Who am I to make fun of a title no. of a book that the amazing Grace Yoon <laughs> is quoting on our podcast? Yeah. Nobody's ever quoted one of my books okay. in my life. Now you have to tell us one of your books so we can look it up. So our listeners can look it up and read it. Um, Just give us one. You uh, could plug a book. Well, <laughs> do you remember for, them? Par for parents? I don't have a parent book. It's okay. Um, Controlled Chaos, Making Sense of Junior High Ministry. Oh. It's for junior high youth workers. That's and then awesome. speaking of unnecessarily long titles. Uh -huh. My most recent book is how to be the best volunteer youth worker in the history of the world, <laughs> <laughs> which is very long. Why didn't you say in the history of the whole wide world? No, <laughs> Make it long. That's great. No, I want to, I want to read That's these awesome. books. These are good. So this book, they, the other book, have, both those books, they, they have changed the landscape of youth ministry. Oh, shush. You know what? Mm. Since we're, since we're speaking, <laughs> since we're speaking of books that I've written, this is just a little aside. I should have mentioned this in our last episode. Okay. One of the questions was about friends. Yes. Ten years ago, a buddy and a buddy and me, me and a buddy. Yeah. A buddy and I. Which My is buddy, it? What is uh, it? My the, buddy. The two of us. And, well, what's the rest I, well, of your sentence? I did. So it's I, a buddy I, and I. I. A buddy and I. Yeah. We wrote a series of books called the Middle School Survival Guide. Oh, really? And what we wrote a whole book called My Friends. Really? And it's dedicated to helping young teenagers navigate friendships. That's perfect. So if you're listening to this episode and, and you listen to the last episode and you're thinking about the friendship quandary. Yes. For younger teenagers, early, early, your elementary, uh, late uh, elementary, early um, middle school. Karis. Karis. You mm -hmm. need this book for Karis. Get this book. Go okay. on Amazon. It's called My Friends, Kurt Johnson, Mark Ostriker. Okay. It's really good. Well, I can remember the title. We can drop my that friends. in the that, comments. That, that's a short title. <laughs> yeah. that, that's an example of a short title. I know, Mark, the short title. <laughs> that's good. All right, sorry. Okay, we're so we were talking about this book <laughs> that I have not read. 
<laughs> We're losing it here. <laughs> We're trying Wait, to rein it back. Hold on. A, another side note. Okay, here we go. How in the world are you quoting a book on a podcast that you haven't read? <laughs> well, you don't know what else is in that book. Well, no, you're right. That's true. So, so, <laughs> so maybe you, you I don't need en- to. You don't know if you endorse everything. You know what? I'll have like, to. But you do endorse this, this portion. This story. Okay. Yeah, the okay. story that I found. I've never online. heard that in a sentence before. To like what? together that there is a book that you haven't read. Oh. <laughs> There's so many books that I want to read that I haven't. Okay. We're so far off the tra- off the rails. All right, let's, let's, let's rein it in. <laughs> yeah. So so this story, I'll just say the story that I read online. Yes. Um, so we're talking about the need that kids have to just kind of bring us back to answer that question, who am I and do I matter? And how we as parents can have the gift of answering that question. So this story I thought just really resonated with me because it's also part of a journey that my family is going through was it was about an adopted girl, adopted child into a family. And she had actually been adopted into another family before, but that it didn't work out. So it was like an adoption that got um, dissolved. And then then now she's with this new family, family number two. And so I guess what had happened was with the, her previous family, they had this, I'm not sure why, but whenever they went to Disneyland, they would take or Disney World, they would take their biological kids, but not her. So I don't know the reasons. She was adopted or they were fostering? She was adopted. Wow. Yeah. So for whatever reason, she didn't go to Disneyland, but the biological kids did. So now this new family, they had this trip planned to go to Disneyland and they were all going to go. Like they weren't like excluding her. They were just like a family trips. And then, but a month before Disneyland, her behavior started going bonkers okay. like everything like dis you know disobedience just acting like meltdowns she just started having these really bad behaviors and it was like what is happening and in a week before they were having a conversation and it was the dad that's telling the story and he wanted to talk to her he's like hey let's have a conversation and the first thing that she said was you're not taking me to disney world are you and he was like no like are you part of the family? And she's like, yes. Is this a family trip? She's like, yes. Then we're going to go to Disneyland or Disney World. Um, And so then they go to Disney World. They spend the day there. And he writes that evening, it was like finally all that facade came off her. And she was like cuddling with him. And she said this statement. She said, you know, I didn't go to Disneyland because I was good. I went to Disneyland because I'm yours. Mm. And as a dad, he was like, oh, that was such a beautiful moment where she was starting to understand I get to go to Disneyland because I'm part of this family. It's not it had nothing to do with my behavior. And it helped started to help answer that question, that longing that she has that we all all have as well, which is. Who do I belong to? Am I worthy? Am I valuable? Am I loved? And what is it attached to? And and so that story just really made an impression on me. And I think, um, again, the one of the best ways you could be an influence to your kids is to answer that question yeah. that they are longing for because they are going to be drawn towards whoever or whatever will be able to give them that um, need and the desire that they have. And if they don't find it in the house, they're going to look for it somewhere. And so just knowing and acknowledging that they have that longing, couple quick tips of how you could do that. I mean, it could be in small ways, like you may be a busy working parent, but you can give them, you know, when they talk to you, like in that short moment, an undivided attention, eye contact makes them feel like, oh, wow, you're looking at me, you're seeing me, like I value you. Um, you can't, it doesn't have to be long. You could 
do it with your words, like find the opportunities to say, you know, I love you no matter what you are so precious to me. Wow. Like I'm just so impressed with what you, what you did. You can be intentional in small ways, little small things to be able to answer that question to the longing that they have. Who am I? And am I lovable? And am I worthy? Yeah. That's, that's so good, man. Oh man. Well, um, my, my thoughts are first, I would, and I don't know, I don't know if this is an answerable question and my, it might even be rhetorical. I, um, but I would say to most parents who are wondering like, how do I gain influence in my kid's life? How do I become the biggest influence? I would ask them like, well, what do you mean by that? Hmm. Um, how do you define influence that they do what you say hmm. is, is, is influence the same as obedience? Hmm. Is that what you're really looking for? You know, that I don't yeah. have to, I don't have to beg them. If I was a better influence, they'd take the trash out without me asking. Right. Yeah. That's, um, so what do you, what do yeah. you really, what does influence mean? And once you define influence, which I think we know kind of what they're saying, but is how would you measure it? Yeah. Like how would you even measure yourself up against these other influencers? Such a good question. Um, so how would you answer that? How, or I, I'm curious, like, so, cause we didn't even talk about that. I just sort yeah. of jumped in to talk about yeah. like sort of implicitly saying, how can we influence, but you're actually starting and asking, well, what do we even mean by influence? Right. So how would you define influence? Well, how would I measure it? And I, define I, it and measure it. Well, I mean, I think I, I know you're asking when, the question. When you're thinking about, I, let me share something while you're thinking about that part. Okay. There's, cause it, it kind of triggered something I was looking at earlier. I was kind of scrolling through uh, YouTube and they, the shorts, and there's this Think Media channel that's amazing. I love it. A lot of technological stuff. And they were talking about an influencer. There's this influencer named Grace Africa who has 1.2 million uh, followers. She's a big influencer, right? So she has a meet and greet recently where zero people showed up. Out of all these people that were her followers, mm. zero mm. showed up to that. And that was kind of a big story. And they were talking about what is an influencer? Really? That's so, interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I, I that that's mind boggling, actually. Mm-hmm. That I think this is not thought through because I know you're going to ask me that question. I, <laughs> I think I would define an influencer as someone who you rub off on. Mm. Your, your, your presence in their life changes them in some way mm. marks them in some way they think different they behave different they they see the world differently mm. because they know you or because you were part of their life mm-hmm. which by that definition i don't know if that's the right definition that's just how i define it by that definition most of the influencers aren't really influencers they're mm. entertainers mm. they're entertainers so just because our kid is watching um dude perfect <laughs> on on YouTube, is dude perfect influencing them? I mean, at a, at a very surface level, probably. Right, maybe some words. Yeah, or some but but are slang. they are they really influencing, or are they just entertaining them? Hmm. Right, because going back to my my first thing about like, we've always had influencers. Mm-hmm. I, I I spent hour upon hour upon hour when I was in high school, <clears throat> in between football practices during summer, during two a days, I would go home and I would watch like reruns of Bonanza. <laughs> what well, was Bonanza an influencer in my life? Uh, you know, did I, did I like walk and talk like little Joe or, you know, bah, you know all the, 
I don't even know what bonanza oh, is. Oh, it's a western, an old western. <laughs> oh. It was it was oh. old when I was in high school. Gotcha. Which is why it was on reruns every Got day, it. right? Yeah. So we, we might want to say a, a lot of the stuff that we think is influencing our kids, it might be at a, at a surface level, mm-hmm. but they're they're probably also just entertaining our mm-hmm. kids. And maybe maybe there's a difference, mm-hmm. especially if you use the, the definition that I used. Um, but here's how I would, I would answer the question, like, how do you measure it? Yeah. I would say, well, you don't have to measure it because the reality is parents are the number one influencer in their child's life, mm. period. Parents are the number one influencer in their child's life. And it looks different through every age and stage of parenting. But um, we spend more time with our kids. Mm-hmm. We we speak more strongly into their lives, mm. more directly. We know them the best. We're, the, we're their number one influence. And that can be good. And if we're not careful, it can be bad. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. But, but we are their number one influence. And so I would just... I would say to the, the, the mom or the dad that um, asked the original question, instead of worrying about how do I become more influential than the influencers, I would say embrace your role mm. as the number one influencer. Mm-hmm. You, that, you, that is yours by default. Mm. Now, what happens is we advocate that position. And we, especially with, with adolescent kids, mm-hmm. um, what happens is in, in adolescence, we feel like our influence is waning because friendships are a bigger deal. Yeah. They, they used to want to go on family trips and now they roll their eyes and beg out of them. Mm-hmm. Do I have to go with you guys to the, to the beach? So mm. sad. Do I have, <laughs> do we have to, right? Or right. they used to want to walk through Walmart or target with you. Yeah. And now they're like, if I have to go to target with you, fine. dad, yeah. fine, but I'm not, you know, don't make me, do I have to stay with you? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, can you just slow down to five miles an hour? I'll jump out of the car <laughs> when we drive by the school versus walking me to school. Right. Right. And so what happens is parents, we let our insecurities kick in mm-hmm. and we go, oh, man, they're rolling their eyes. They want their space. And so we give them way too much space. Hmm. We start to dip out when we need to lean in. Hmm. Because during early adolescence, we got, we need to lean in appropriately, right, and give them the uh, the, the healthy space, but also more of our influence, mm. more of our presence, because they're wrestling through questions and going back to the last episode, friendship issues and struggles and mm. peer pressure and all that stuff's cranking up, and we don't know what to do. We mm. get nervous. They don't want our presence. They're shutting the door. They want their privacy, and so we go. Well, I guess I'll just kind of bail out. Mm. And what happens is that creates what I would call an influence void, mm. an influence vacuum. Right. And there are people who will fill that void. Mm-hmm. They will fill that space. Right. Right. Going back to what? Because we all have this built in desire to be right. wanted and accepted and mm-hmm. figured out and known. And if mom and dad aren't doing that mm-hmm. with our adolescent kids, our teenage kids, somebody else will. Their friends will. So friends become the number one influence out of a leadership or an influence void. void. Um, From a mom and dad lean out, friends lean in. Mm. This is anecdotal, but Wayne Rice, who was one of the founders of one of the leading youth ministry publishing companies, um, 
he he was a very strong proponent of this opinion mm-hmm. that especially teenagers, but even kids, they will gravitate towards the oldest person in the room who takes them seriously. Huh. And it's interesting. Inter- it's interesting because I have two grandkids, and if my in-laws are at our house, yeah, and the Col- um, Miller and June come in, they'll run right past me to go hang out with the in-law- m- with yeah. Mimi and Papa. Oh, <laughs> older, yeah. take them seriously. Wow. Right. Um, and so, mom and dad, I would just really encourage you. Your kids want you mm-hmm. to be the number one influence in their life. They don't they don't know how to express it. They don't always respond the way we want them to, expect them to. But you are often the oldest person in their life. Take them seriously. Like them. Mm-hmm. Enjoy <laughs> them. Cherish them. And they they will mm. they will gravitate towards you. Not always, not always every yeah. time and every moment. But behind every eye roll, behind every do I have to go to the beach with you? Oftentimes is this sense of security and safety. Mm-hmm. And, and I know I'm loved. In fact, oftentimes mm-hmm. it's the knowing that they're loved and secure that they can say, do I have to go today? Right. It, um, that's right. Yes. So yeah, that's all of good. that to say, you are the number one influencer. Don't give it up. Don't, don't hand it to somebody else. Right. Because it's yours and they want that. Yeah. That's really good. I, I really appreciate, especially what you're sharing about the kids may pull away, especially during the adolescence or junior high years, but that doesn't change your role as right. the number one influencer in their life. Right. And so it's, it's not, don't have your role as an influencer, be dependent on them, just right. own it. Like you, right. that's your point and, and not have that influencing yeah. void. Now, that's now, so good. You can lose it. You know, you, 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 sometimes we advocate it, but we can also lose that role if we're overbearing. Yes. If we're extreme helicopter parents, this is Kurt unhinged right here for a second. Like <laughs> when, 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 when moms call themselves mama bears, yeah. I get the heebie jeebies. I hate it. Cause it, the extreme it's, it's, version. It's, it's so extreme. It's so, I, I get the heart behind it. Like don't mess with my yes, kids. Right. But oftentimes mama bears are helicopter parents mm. overbearing in their kids' business all the time. And then if that's the case, p- they do lose their influence. Right. Because kids push back against that. At some point they start pushing back and mm-hmm. wanting less and less and less of that presence. Right. Because it's overbearing. Yeah, that's true. That actually leads really well into my last point uh, about how to be a strong influence. And like you were saying, you're going to be an influence no matter what, how do you be a positive influence? How do you be a lasting influence Um, is to balance both the boundaries and bonding. So Mm. boundaries and bonding. And I think as parents, sometimes we can, depending on our personalities, we might err towards one side. So if you are a boundary, you know, leaning parent, you may influence by being really strict, using punishment, being critical. Like sometimes sometimes it can get really negative with like shaming, but you are all about the rules. And in a way you are influencing your kids because your kids are gonna listen to you. 
but they may be either listening to you out of fear at first or then out of resentment. Yeah. And it's not an influence that's long lasting. When you're out right. of the picture, they're going to be like, Psh, all the things my parents told me not to do, I'm going to go do it now, right. you know, because they were overbearing, like you were said, like you were saying, when you take something to the extreme. On the other hand, if you only have bonding or the affection or the connection without the boundary side, sort of the limits and the rules, that is not a really strong influence either. Mm -hmm. You start to, you could almost start to lose respect when you have warmth. I mean, all of that is good when you're there for your kids, but when you don't know how to um, follow through on what you say, like you say there's going to be consequences, but then they're like, please mom. And you're like, okay, you know, like right. you're all, you're all care, you're all kindness and all affection, but without any like structure yeah. or follow through that you will lose influence in that way too, in mm -hmm. that extreme. And so I think, and this is true, not just for parents, but I think when you think about the people that we are the most influenced by, you need that balance of both someone who shows you the emotional connection and the genuine care at the same time, they know how to establish limits, follow through you know, on their word, responsibility, boundaries, and to, to implement that. Um, I think those are the people that can have a lasting influence. Those are the people that I look up to, that there is both that um, respect, but also the uh, loyalty almost. Like, I know you care for me, so I care what you have to say to me. But I also know you are going to give me good advice and you're going to call me out if I kind of stray. And all of that balance together is... I think where you can find that sweet spot of a lasting influence, mm. not just a temporary influence yeah. or a superficial influence yeah. that's done by force or like by um, just like coddling. Um, so just to close that thought up is, so then what does that look like in parenting, right? It's a, it might be a good concept, but how do I as a parent, what does that look like to balance both boundaries and bonding? Um, so small examples, and hopefully this can just stir the creativity in parents to imagine and think what it might look like in your own life is that you should be a parent that enacts discipline, but under this philosophy, sometimes you may not, you may decide not to issue consequences. Right. So for example, let's say your child comes to you and they broke your laptop. I don't know. Like they, they did it, but they are coming to you and they're going to be honest to you what happened and you can tell they're a bit terrified and super remorseful. And they're like, I, I am so sorry. Like, this is what happened. I totally screwed up. I mean, the kind of the balance of the bonding and boundaries, you may decide in that moment, like, okay, I'm not going to give you a consequence because you're suffering enough. Right. I can see that. And I'm going to make that kind of judgment and then talk about how to avoid that in the future. Or, um, you know, Maybe it's not like a punishment, like, I can't believe you did that. You know, it's like, maybe it's not like a, a angry response. Um, another, can I, can I hit pause? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> because I hear that and I go, heck yeah. And people might be going, okay, but what, what how's that influencing them? It's influencing because you just modeled grace. Mm. You modeled forgiveness. You modeled everybody makes mistakes. Mm. You modeled things go better when you're up front about your mistakes than when you hide them and, and lie about, and lie about them. Mm -hmm. And all of that, we're all, we, we are always influencing mm. our kids. Everything we do as a parent 
is teaching and influencing our kids mm. all the time. It's good. And so just something that basic right. has about a dozen influential lessons in mm -hmm. that one in that one moment of how you responded when your child came to you and acknowledged and admitted and was forthright about right. something that went wrong. Right. Yeah, that's so good. That's I, that's such a great recap. Um and then like the other just one other thought would be um, you know, giving words of understanding before you give advice or consequences. So that's kind of a, another way you could balance both the boundaries and bonding is like, hey, I understand uh, you really wanted to go hang out with your friends tonight. And I, I get that that doesn't feel great that you're going to miss out. But you know, this is the consequence of whatever happened and right. tonight you're going to be home or something. I don't know. Right. But like you can kind of navigate that way. And also the other thing is if something happens, um, not to punish, never to punish the feeling that a child has, but to then as a parent, you have the right to put limits on the behavior. And I think sometimes we commingle it. It's like, oh, you're, you know, why are you always like this? And you always like, always like get so impatient. And, but you could acknowledge if they're feeling angry or impatient about something, never to minimize that feeling, you could say, I get it. Like that made you angry there. Your child is entitled to their feelings. Those are a human, you know, characteristics. It's part of our nature. It's part of who we are. You could acknowledge that feeling and then say, but you know what? This is the, this, I'm putting a boundary on this mm. behavior. Like we can't do this. We can't accept it. So it's very subtle, but to be able to parse out Hey, I acknowledge what you felt. Yeah. That's your feeling. That's legitimate. That is a real thing. However, we don't throw the truck at your sister's head, right. you right. know, like who's right. like six months old. Like <laughs> you, you are not going to do that. And there are consequences to that behavior yeah. when you do that. But I get feeling angry and, and all that stuff right. and impatient and how that does that. So that's just small yeah. ways to do the whole balance. And it's not easy. There's no like right or wrong way all the time. But it's, again, I think it's this whole podcast too. What we're hoping to do is just generate some ideas, some creativity, some hope of like being more intentional, yep. thinking about how can I view the situation with my kids yep. and ask the right questions yeah, that's good. and take the one next step. And keep it in perspective. Mm -hmm. How many of our listeners, before I say that, I'm going to, so I, I don't want to forget. I apologize to any mama bear. I may have offended oh. right here. <laughs> I, I love mama bears. <laughs> Moms play a very important role of protecting and looking out mm -hmm. for our kids. Sometimes we mama bear out of fear a little bit. We get a little bit overboard with our mama bearing. That's all I was. That's that. That was You're my talking only the extreme yeah, version. I love, yes. I love the mama bears. Yes. <laughs> um, but w w the perspective piece is how many of our adult listeners all three of us, all three of us in this room, I pro I guarantee, and probably every single one of our adult listeners, has numerous times said, "Oh my gosh, I'm I'm, I'm acting just like my dad." Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was my mom, and my mom that I just said what my mom said. Yeah. Because our parents were the number one influence in our life. Right. Our kids become like us. Mm -hmm. I have never once said, "Oh my gosh, I'm," I I just acted like Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I just I'm I'm becoming I'm becoming one of those yeah. YouTube characters. Yeah. Or in my case, I've never once said, Oh my gosh, I'm just like the guys on Bonanza. <laughs> 
No, we. I'm, I'm like my parents. You're like, you're like your mom and yeah. dad. You're like every one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. We, and so mom and dad, you are the number one influence. Mm-hmm. My challenge to you is how are you influencing them? Mm-hmm. When, when they say, oh my goodness, I'm just like my mom or my dad, is what, what behavior were they engaging yeah, right, in in right. that moment? Right. Was it because they lashed out at their kid? Oh my gosh, I'm just like my dad who lashed out at me all mm-hmm. the time because that was an influence. Yeah. Or when it's in the in a good moment, you go, wow, you know what? I'm I'm just like my I'm just like my dad because he right. used to ask good questions or, or right. whatever. So. And it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. Correct. Because like you were saying in that example of showing grace, you modeled so many things like kindness, mercy, kind of discernment of what's appropriate in what situation. But also by being imperfect parents that are vulnerable, authentic, and um, growing, that is a powerful influence. Oh, I really screwed up this time. Sorry, kids. This right. is like well, how I'm learning through this. And so it being an influence, there doesn't need to be this pressure to be the perfect parent. It's just being who you are, who God called you to be today, yeah. and stepping into that one step at a time, and yeah, just being intentional good. about it. God so will... Good. Yes. allow you to be an amazing yes. influence, not out of your perfection, yeah. but out of your love yeah. and your authenticity. Social media influence was in social media influencers will grab our kids' attention. They can't grab their hearts like, mm. like we can. Mm-hmm. It's, they have their attention a big, big deal. Kids get their attention to stuff all the time. Don't get, don't get too worried. You get to grab their hearts mm-hmm. and that's, 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 that's an influencer. That's beautiful. Everybody, thanks for watching. You can watch right up here any of our previous episodes, or at least the last two or three. If you want to subscribe, right down here. Is that like Three Stooges music? What is happening? <laughs> clap us out. Come on, Chris. I can't. I, I tried Round to clap. I tried. No, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> we will see you next thanks, time. Thanks, everybody. Bye.